Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in youth ministry for over 18 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Woo! How are you, Matt? Tired. How about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I'm uh, feeling a little bit... uh, And I don't feel overwhelmed. I just feel kind of spent. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I feel like pulled in 15 different directions. So it's not like physically tired. It's it's emotionally tired, I think, is where I'm at. I feel like every ministry leader gets to this point at some point. um, And I think it's kind of frustrating when you get to this point at the beginning of the semester. But what were you going to say? Well, last night I had an evening where I had nothing. Right, I didn't have anything scheduled. I didn't have things that I took home that I wanted to knock out. Yep. I was just like, when am, what am I supposed to do now? So I read my kids' stories. I wrestled with them. Like, it was it was awesome. Like, it was just more kind of, and, and that is what, like, evenings are supposed to be like in normal world. Yep. But I'm in, I'm in busy town. Yeah. Did you ever read those stories to your kids' busy town? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that, that's where I'm at. I'm in busy town. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel bad because some, when I get home, I, I don't have the energy. Um, I don't feel like I have the energy to spend with my kids. I have to will myself to go build a fort with them. I hate feeling like that. Build a fort? Oh, yeah. Lower lower the bar. Come on. <laughs> that's, too, that's too much work? This, well, I, I imagine if you're talking about wood and nails, yes. No. If you're just talking about like a pillow fort or something like that. Totally a pillow fort. The cleanup is always like, oh, no, I'm too tired to clean up. And I'm just like, children, we can't play if we can't clean up after we play. <laughs> the good thing about this fort is it's in a different room that I don't have to see all day. So it stays up. Good. The frustrating thing is after we build the fort, one of them almost always tears it down. Daddy, will you help us rebuild it? And then they tear it down. Daddy, nice. will you help us rebuild it? And then they tear it down. It's like, come on. It sounds like the perfect analogy for youth ministry in general <laughs> or ministry in general. Um but, but where I'm at in ministry right now, and, and, and this is kind of what led to um, the impetus for our conversation today, is we've got our, our, our fall kickoff coming up at, at, the, at the parish that I work at, and it's going to be great, right? Yep. It's going to be great, um, but I'm not like super jazzed about it, yeah. right? So uh, with, with everything that's going on and, and different things, we're still hiring someone and uh, different pieces. We, I am just like execute, execute, execute. But I remember years past, like almost every year past, when it was leading up to the kickoff, I would either be like super excited or like staying up late at night because I'm worrying different little pieces. And now I'm just, I left the office yesterday and I'm like, okay, I think most everything is done. I'm going to wash my hands of it. And, uh, and and go home, and I haven't given much thought to it. I think that on a level I'm excited about it, but I don't actually feel excited like yeah. I have in years past. And I'm wondering, does it mean that I'm losing my passion for ministry, or is it just I'm buried underneath some busyness? Am I, am I on the road to burnout? Is this some sort of a spiritual desolation? Yeah, and I'm wrestling with the same thing. Yeah, I, I have so many different things that I've ministries that I'm a part of that in the past, like you said, I've been excited about and chomping at the bit to get things going and working really hard to make sure everything is excellent and done. But like, I'm at the point where I just am wanting to get it over with. 
You know, I want to get past the next event. And I really don't like that feeling. And like you said, what is this? What is this feeling? Is this the beginning of burnout? Or is this a sort of physical or psychological desolation that I'm just in the middle of and walking through? And if, if it's, de- and I feel like for me, it's the desolation side of things. And if you guys know anything about Ignatian spirituality, there are rules that go along with that when you're in the state of desolation. And one of the rules is you don't change things. Like you don't make big changes. Right. You just have to plug away. You have to plug away in your prayer life, plug away in your daily life. And so knowing that that's that's the rule it's like I, I know that I just I need to plug away and keep going and we will get out of this at some point and and st- I need to start working towards getting out of that so to me that sounds like you're just supposed to grind like just nose to grindstone just get the work done even if your heart is not in it because that's the challenge is I know that I love what I do and I know that but it feels like my heart or my passion isn't in it right now because it's just all pull the trigger, execute, 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 produce, produce, produce. And there's so so many different tasks where the only names I'm seeing are on databases, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm not I'm not seeing faces that are wearing these name tags that I'm printing because <laughs> I'm already thinking about the next thing that needs to needs to happen. I'm not able to pull my head up. And the challenge with it is is sometimes I fear that if I'm not able to pull my head up I'm so focused on the tasks that I don't pull my head up and see Christ. And this is kind of a Martha and Mary conversation. (laughs) But the ministry still needs to happen. Uh, Curriculum still need to get distributed. Training still need to take place. Emails still need to be sent. And so we're talking about Martha and Mary, and it's like, but someone still has to do the things. Yeah, that's right. And we feel like we have to be both at this point. And that's part of our problem is... Right now, we are wearing more hats than we typically need to wear or we typically wear. And I feel like ministry leaders across the nation, across the world, have to do this from time to time. And sometimes it's, it's all the time. And if you're in a state of desolation, whatever state it is, the goal is to get out of that. Right. Is to, and, and to get out of it, you have to pick up your head. So you, you, you have to. It's so hard because you're in the middle of the grind, putting your head down, getting things done. But you have to look up and say, okay, what do I need to do to get out of this state? Um, Because I need to get out of this state so that I can make the decisions that I need to make, the changes that I need to make, and different things like that. And then the fear comes in. What am I going to sacrifice or let go or maybe even fail at? In order to pick my head up, right? I have to take my eye off of something to pick my head up and, and fix my eye somewhere else. Something's going to fall through the cracks, and I'm I'm not a fan of that. I don't no. I don't want anything, yeah. you know, because there's there's a standard in ministry. Even if you feel a little desolate, you can still execute, right? For those ministry leaders who have been in ministry for more than three years, like you know what it's like to just lather, rinse, repeat. Yep. Right. And I, I hate that. I just I, I can't stand that. But the, the reality is, is the expectations that the community has is whatever was done last year to do something at least that good or better or slightly worse. But I'll be understanding. Right. <laughs> yep. So long as I don't have to volunteer to help, then I'm OK with it taking a little notch down. I'm fine with it staying the same. But there's not that standard of excellence of like, how are we moving the bar forward in dynamic and in creative ways? It's just, yeah, this is what this is what ministry looks like. Yeah, and it's so hard to innovate when you're in that state um, to, to do something new in, with what you've done because you like the lather, rinse, repeat 
is is almost the mode that you're in. And again, I hate being in that mode of going through the motions, not preparing like I, I would typically prepare. I mean, we had an instance yesterday in one of our staff meetings where I was showing an org chart to everybody that I should have proofread before I showed it to everybody, but I didn't have time to do that. And it had like the absolute wrong names of, of some of the churches we work in, wrong names for people's positions. And it was like, dang it, Matt, this is not the excellence that you strive for. Um, you've got to do more than that. And so I, I just I hate being in that position. And I feel like this is common among ministry leaders. So that's why we're doing this episode, guys, is because you're not alone when you get into this state, when you get when you feel like this. Um, there are plenty of ministry leaders out there feeling like that. And this is sort of a weird combination of different podcasts I think that we've done because part of what you need to do is is delegate or let go of things that you can let go of. And I say that right after I said you're not allowed to make big decisions, but there are things that I've had to, you know, pay someone else to do because I just can't do it. Right. So, Matt, I'm in a small parish. I'm not in a small parish, but for the sake of this example, I'm in a small parish, and that means I have three different titles, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I do youth ministry, I lead RCIA, your favorite, and then I'm also the safe environment coordinator. Those are my three hats, right? Yep. Certain things I can't delegate safe environment to someone, like that's not possible. The other pieces, if I'm going to delegate, that takes time to train someone up in those areas, and that's the resource that I don't have. I don't have time, yep. right? So there's that aspect. I'm going to go to an, a different example. So it's not just ministry. My passion for everything has kind of waned. I feel burnt out, right? And then my, my example where I'm at, I'm actually in a decent spot spiritually. Like my prayer life is going great. I'm reading this book, uh, John Paul uh, the Great and His Five Loves by Jason Everett. It's rocking mm. my spiritual world. It is excellent. You know, so I have these things that are exciting in certain areas, but just in regards to ministry, it just is execute, 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 and I feel a little bit overwhelmed, or I feel like the passion, because it's been this busy before in the past, but it's not always without like excitement. And, and I feel like, okay, I'm riding the wave and it's exciting to get up on the surfboard. And instead I'm like, yay, I'm surfing again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, the big wave is crashing down again. Here we go again. You know, and it's not, it's not as, as uh, invigorating, enthusiastic, enlivening. It's not as enlivening. Yeah. So what's the response? Well, that's why I brought you on the podcast today, Matt. I, I'm, I'm Chris with Ministry Leaders Anonymous, and our guest today is Matt Rice. He has all the answers. Please give us the no, answers. No, we just, we're just going to have to like brainstorm you know, answers because, like you said, there are some things that, you, that take time and you don't have the time to do. So if that's the, if that's the case, am I just stuck here in this for, forever? So I believe, and this is something you've heard me say before, I believe that the Holy Spirit works through us. And I believe that the Holy Spirit works in spite of us. I was in a meeting the other day, and I literally prayed, God, all the logistical pieces that we haven't thought of or that we might be unaware of, we now delegate to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, that was, that was in my prayer. Um, and I got some smiles out of people, but that wasn't the goal. The goal was to say that we're going to be faithful to the call, even if we are not going to be uh, flawless in the execution. And so in regards to that... We have to be willing, because I think part of it is pride. We have to be willing to have an imperfect ministry that makes room for the Holy Spirit to come in and polish, right? But I have a sense of pride of like, no, I am, uh, you know, I'm, 
I'm a recognized youth minister here in our diocese and blah, 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 blah. I want everything to be smooth, polished, and flawless. And maybe that tur- that becomes an idol or a, uh, a, you know, a plank in my eye from actually seeing the deeper mission that God is calling us to, right? And so maybe we have to be okay with a, uh, a ministry that's a little more messy, right? But yeah. I don't want to change my standard of excellence. In the example you gave of the small parish where you are doing multiple ro- roles, and we know a lot of people who are in this situation. I think they're called slashers, right? Yeah. Uh, director of this <laughs> slash, coordinator of this slash, EIM slash, yeah. You know, I don't know what the solution is for that because, like you said, to delegate to someone, you have to have time to delegate. But so much of it, I wonder if it's the pastor's role to do that. You know, if you, like, go to the pastor and say, I, I've been doing this for this long, um, and the ministries have grown, or they, they're taking more time than they have in the past. I don't have the bandwidth to continue doing all of these roles. You know, how would that go over with the pastor? Some listeners are thinking, I can't even get a meeting with my pastor. He's so busy. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so so if, if a lot of times when, and, and this is just my impression, a lot of times when the employees are drowning, yeah, um, the, the pastors, in, in parishes with, with good leaders, um, the pastors are already, you know, 10 meters underwater. Like yeah. they, they're the first ones that they go down and then the ship goes down. It's not like the captain goes down with the ship in this situation. The captain goes down and then the ship goes down afterwards. You know, um, sometimes that's the case sometimes. And this might be an episode. Sometimes people don't feel like they can have a conversation with their pastor. Yeah. Right. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of brokenness in regards to leadership, um, abilities, um, and pastors love and share Christ and they do homilies and they do all these things with the holy hands. Um, but they might not have been trained on how to be a, a director of HR or a COO, CFO, CEO, which all of them are all those roles rolled into one, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I guess what we, I mean, all we can do is really give people options as to what they can do, or, you know, and so a conversation with your pastor is an option. And for some of you, it may be a viable option. For some of you, it may not be. Um, but the, the conversation can go in two different directions. One, you can say, hey, um, this particular role that I've been doing for so long, I can't do anymore. I need you to find someone else to do it. Sure. And I need you to train them. Um, because I don't have the time or the bandwidth to train them. It can go another direction where you say, I've been doing all of these roles at the parish and working a full-time job um, while doing all of this. I either I need you to hire me you know, on a full-time basis or at least part-time to be able to do that, to do this, um, to increase the capacity to actually run the ministries. Because doing a full-time job and doing all of those things is crazy. And many many ministry leaders listening to this are doing exactly that. Or, or even if it's a full-time ministry leader listening, we can all think of a volunteer that's a rock star volunteer that you're like, yeah, they give like 10 to 12 hours a week or more, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, What's what are other options that they have? Well, well honestly, I think that uh, that finding peace in the season is okay as well. So it's an overwhelming time, and maybe the sense of excitement for you is 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 gone for now. It doesn't mean that it's gone forever. So right now, I, I'm still good at ministry. I'm yeah. just not excited 
about ministry. Mm-hmm. I know how to execute. I know how to uh, to produce. I know how to how to how to get a youth night, get a team going, get people. I can get people excited about the ministry, even if I am not like every waking hour saying, "Oh, I wonder how this is going to land," and I wonder how this is going to land. Mm-hmm. Like I know all the pieces are in place for it, and so in, in regards to that, maybe it's abandoning or surrendering my desire for excitement or my desire to be, you know, all jazzed up about our our, our kickoff or our youth night or our ministry and just saying, God, I'm, I'm still going to be faithful to you. And so it's about faithfulness more than it is about um, excitement. Well, and if we're talking about consolation and desolation, you know, having consolation in your ministry is, and at least from my understanding, you know, of Ignatian spirituality, the most of, most of your growth actually happens in desolation. Um, that's when you're when you're stretched a little bit. God God allows periods of desolation for us to to grow in ways that we couldn't grow when He's giving us consolation, right? Yes. So, I guess taking solace in that idea, God is growing me in ways that He couldn't grow me if I wasn't in this state, right? Right. So, like, keeping that in mind as you're going through it, you know, that that has actually helped me a little bit, knowing that these periods are periods of a different style of growth. Recognizing that, knowing that, and keeping that in the front of my mind that, okay, God is using this to expand my capacity, to expand my vision, to expand my, I guess, maybe some of it might be empathy, you know, for other people that have to work like this all the time. And I think there's a, there's an element of trust because when when you say okay I I can see that God is using this I don't see that mm. I don't I'm just like next item on my task list next item on my task list let me text my wife to let her know I'm going to be 30 minutes late from coming home from work so that she can hold off on dinner all these different pieces right just boom 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 so I think what I need to do is just trust like God still is present in the ministry. Even if I am not constantly being like, yeah, this is awesome. Oh, I see you moving here and I see you moving here. No, I'm moving from here to here to here. And just to get things set up, creating a platform for, for, for the Holy Spirit to work. And, uh, and, and I don't reside or stop or pause there long enough to be like, wow, the Holy Spirit is here. Because the next thing and then the next thing, you know. And again, this is a season I've been here before in regards to the amount of the workload piece. You know, but uh, but what's unique about it right now is that there's not as much passion behind it. And I just have to trust that even if I'm not passionate, that God is still deeply passionate about the people that, that we serve. And, and don't get me wrong, because I know there's some people from my community that listen. I still love the people I serve with. I still love the people I serve. And I love my community. But it's just so focused on the things right now that that passion is is buried underneath a task list. But I, I still trust that God loves them and that things are still going to go well. And you're going to have to remind yourself that there will be a period of time when you're out of this, like that you will get out of this. That's, that's again, like the exercises when you are in desolation, you, you have to have reminders that consolation is coming, you know, that there is an end to this and I will have the passion back. It will be, it will be different. And then at that time, you actually get to look back and see what God was doing through that. And that's part of that trust. You know, you may not see it now while you're in it, but you have to trust that you're going to get out of it, that there is going to be something that that breaks this and you get the passion back and you look back and you see how God is moving, how God was working. 
I want to go back to the episode with Jim Beckman. Mm-hmm. Because what you just said, I think, is so vital for people in the church to hear right now. The, the scandals that exist, the, uh, the clergy abuse that has taken place, you know, uh, the abuse of trust that, has, uh, that has, is still feels like it's still going on, right? The, the justice that we hunger for in certain areas. Like, the church will survive. The church will prevail. We are going to get through this on a bigger scale. Our numbers are down across the nation. We are going to get through this. The gates of hell will not prevail, right? Um, Amen. And we have survived. We have survived crazy things in the past, like crazy things as a church. And this is a crazy time. Yeah. And so in, in the midst of it, on a, on a micro level and on a macro level, like God is still faithful, and we need to, we need to plant our tents on, on that solid ground. You know, Still in the busyness is still a challenge. I don't want to dismiss that, but God is still faithful. Yeah, and it may get crazier. You know, it may get harder. I don't believe that the the scandals necessarily are going to be the hardest thing that we as a church have to fight through or work through. But what happens during this time is, and it's like, and I don't want to con- compare it necessarily to working out, but you know, when you worked out, you actually you tear down the muscles, and then they rebuild stronger. And so those of us who stay, those of us who fight through this are going to be stronger. The church will be stronger after it gets through this, working through all of this. And that's where our hope is. <laughs> you know, that's where you think about the resurrection. The death came first. Right. Like, it, everything looked like it was done. The, the apostles, the disciples were, were like frustrated and they were like, we thought this was going to be it. And, <laughs> and all that destruction led to the resurrection. You know, the resurrection is coming, you know, and the, the, the Easter people, like being mindful of that and keeping that in our minds is, is what we absolutely have to do because we are going to be stronger because of this. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's hard because even the Easter people thing to say, alleluia, they'd be like, oh, you're one of those Catholics, huh? <laughs> you're part of that church that this happened at or that this happened at, you know? But this season, this too shall pass. So on a, on a micro level, right, we have uh, people, ministry leaders that are listening that are just like, I don't feel supported by my pastor. I don't feel, uh, I don't feel like his vision of ministry is aligned with the gospel. Like I, I know people in that situation. Ten years from now, he will not be the pastor at your parish. Mm-hmm. Like, like your community, St. Whatever Catholic Church, is going to survive longer than um, leadership that is a growth area. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice way to say it. You know, and what are you doing during that period, though? Are you strengthening yourself or are you running away? You know, so at the, in the workout analogy, you can, you can choose to do a lighter weight. You're not going to get stronger. You have to take on the heavy weight, you know, to, to build stronger muscles. And so if you're going through, if your parish is going through a transition or you're going through a transition, and, and I don't necessarily want to say that you retreat, you know, the, you're not going to build up the strength that you need to get through that and to be stronger on the other side. I was, so when, while you were talking, one of the reasons why I feel the way I do right now is because Ablaze Ministries is understaffed. We are looking for missionaries. Those of you that are listening that know people that need to be in youth ministry, send them my way. We will form them, we will train them, we will support them, and they will become the best youth minister they can be, and we need them. But what I see happening on our staff, and I mentioned this at our meeting last night, is everyone coming together 
to get everything done and help each other out. We're not staying in our own little silos. Oh, that's not my ministry. That's not my job description. So I'm not going to help. Everyone is helping everyone get everything done and they're doing it in a joyful way. And our team going through this is going to be stronger. And I'm so, yeah, because of it, I'm so excited for when, when we get the missionaries that fill those positions, because everyone that is on staff that has gotten through this time is, is going to be stronger. We're, we are, we are growing through all this. And I, that's one thing that I love about where we are right now, because I know what's going to happen once we get full. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and I love the analogy of working out and, and growing muscle, but sometimes maintaining is the best that you can do. Yeah. Right. True. Like I, I feel like, you know, under certain situations or certain parish kind of uh, settings, there might be people listening. They're like, I, I can't grow anything because of certain leaders. You know what I mean? And, and oftentimes it's the pastor that, that has the biggest growth area in, in leadership. I, I, I would argue against that, man, because if you have bad leadership and things, you can't do ministries at the church that you want to do. You can do your own ministries and build your own community at home. Like, let's say, let's say you're trying to start a small group model and you're, par- or you're starting a small group that's parish sponsored and the pastor says, nope, nope, we're not going to do that. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to do it on my own. It's not going to be a parish thing. I'm going to create a small group because I need a small group. Then you're building strength there. And then does that make sense? It, it totally makes sense. But in, in the role of ministry leadership, like you are tasked with uh, developing or growing or maintaining or sustaining whatever ministry you're in charge of or a part of. True. And and if you're hitting things, you know, if, if you keep building that fort with your kids, right? And then there's one person on staff that keeps tearing it down. And you're like, I'm just trying to keep the ship from sinking. I, you know, I so maintaining, I, but that's what I want to encourage is like the withdrawing and just being like, okay, fine, burn it all down. That'll teach them. That'll show them. Yeah. Like that is not the right attitude. That's not the right mentality. And there is a cross in ministry. And maybe that's what I need to hear, right? So this podcast is, isn't about the, the listeners. It's all about me today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but maybe that's what I need to hear is this like, it's okay. Like carry the cross of ministry right now. Because the glory of the resurrection is something that we get to experience in ministry quite often. But the cross of ministry is our burden to carry and our blessing to carry as well. And right now, but it doesn't feel like a cross, like I'm doing something very serious. It's just I'm doing, doing, doing. But maybe that's the cross that I'm called to bear right now in ministry. And so, and, and that's okay too, to recognize that there is fruitfulness in this faithfulness, in this time where there's not that energy or excitement behind it because there's just so many things. Yep. Absolutely. And I hate justifying what I say or like trying to cover all the bases and stuff like that. But as we're talking, if it it just came to me, if, if you're in a, a ministry where you actually do need to leave, you know, that the weight that you're, you're, you know, working out with will fall on you and kill you because you don't have the strength to push it up. You need to set that down. You may need to walk away. Does that make sense? Yeah, except I, I think that the ministry, the, the gravity of ministry, and this is getting real right at the end of the episode, like the gravity <laughs> of ministry is so heavy that it's going to crush everyone. It should if we're taking on what, what God is calling us to, because he calls us to take on with him. Coworkers in the vineyard is the name of one of the, the documents. It's not delegation from God to us solely to where he's like, figure it out. And God, I don't know if that's God's voice. 
figure it out, okay, buddy? Listen, <laughs> you know, but like, like it, it should be heavy and it could crush you, but it's the lack of dependence on God that ultimately leads to the crushing. But sometimes the toxicity in a certain environment can also lead to, I need to get out of here because you're not supposed to make a, a decision in desolation. But, but, but if it's toxic, like what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, you know, and, and I guess what I'm saying is, is probably a reiteration of an episode we've done before on burnout, that God wants you first, not what you do, not your ministry. If you are at a point where you're risking your own salvation in a way, like you're, you're at that point, you absolutely have permission to put the weight down. Yes. That's what I wanted to say. Yes. Um, but that's on, that we, we dealt with that in depth on a different episode. I just didn't want this to counteract that episode. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so let, let the interior manipulation go. Because we sometimes self-manipulate to where it's yeah. like, if I don't do this, if I don't stay at this post, or if I don't execute flawlessly, then the salvation of all these people is, is at stake. Guess what? Jesus is bigger than our programs. Jesus has plans for each and every one of these souls um, with or without us. Like he can accomplish what we cannot. And again, he works through us. What a privilege. He works in spite of us. Probably pretty common, but we should take consolation in that reality. So, um, wow. Okay. So this was really a shotgun type of episode. I'm hoping that some of these, these points hit and resonated with you. If you're feeling this way and want to just have a one-on-one uh, with me or Matt, uh, reach out to us, mla at ablazeyouth.us. Is that the correct You, d- you just did it wrong. You just messed both of them up. You can do MLA at ablazeyouth.org or you can do MLA at ablaze.us. That there is our is. new domain. Yes, yes. And uh, All right. Send any feedback to us. And what Chris just said, we really mean. If you need someone to talk to and you don't have someone, reach out to us. We are. That's why we're here. Um, we're here to support you, to form you, um, and to just be like here at a round table uh, being ministers together. Yeah, we love you guys. We love serving. And uh, even in the midst of busyness, we still delight in coming and having these little uh, fireside chats with y'all. So (laughs) here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you. I'm recording, jerk. You almost you almost came in on the podcast. Oh, you were? <laughs> you heard the end of it, huh? That's why I walked in and started singing the outro music. <laughs> <laughs>